Welcome to another edition of the Scottish Football Ramble, delivering a flying Scottish football headbutt of our own. It's myself, Mikey Tucker, joined by a king, a legend, the Joel Sked to my Craig Telfer. It's Aaron Crow. Hartland. And of course, as always, with the headphones on, looking very pretty in the corner, we have producer Donald Turville. Evening all. <laughs> <laughs> so this evening, gents, we have a bit of a shorter schedule than normal. Uh, it's just a new section, really. Uh, we're going to have a bit of fun with it. Um, we always have a bit of fun, in case you didn't know. It's always fun over here. Bit loosey-goosey. I've got a Brewdog Lost Lager right in front. Oh, wait, where's it gone? I think I've lost it. <laughs> That's what Mark's not Shocking. <laughs> Mark never listens. <laughs> Mark Fuck will you, never Mark. listen. <laughs> See if yeah. you hear that or not. You'll never know who drank his last beer. Exactly. He will if he hears this sound. It's the smoking gun. Right? Delicious. So, this evening, gents, we're going to talk a bit about Scotland, as in the national team. Hmm... I've seen a few negative takes out there. Maybe the tour's got a bit more positivity to fire you up before you all start booking flights to Germany, lads. Uh, also, of course, we've had a very intriguing week in terms of managerial changes. There's been three uh, that we can count since we did our last podcast. So we'll sort of go through each one. We've obviously got Ian McCall, Derek Adams and Andy Graham all now running various clubs across the country. Uh, Strathspey, Clacknacudden went down to the wire at the weekend in the Highland League uh, relegation tussle. Um, one thing you might have seen online also, Cowden Beath releasing some very, very sexy kits, jackets, pins, scarves, whatever you want, whatever you name, they'll probably do it for you at this rate because they're coming out with all of them right now. The Blue Brazil, fucking love it. Uh, and finally, uh, we'll give a wee special mention to Stenhouse Muir, who went top of League Two at the weekend. Um, Peterhead falling to a draw at Spartans, opened the door for them, and they took full advantage uh, to claim top spot in the league. So, gentlemen, shall we play the theme song? Please do, Don. Welcome to the Waverley Park living room, where we all sit and talk a whole lot of shite every Tuesday for your entertainment. If you can call it entertainment, I don't know. Not next week. That's up to you. Art is in the eye of the beholder, they say. So, uh, one quick thing before you all get on me. Christy, I know you're probably already typing this. Peter had one at the weekend against Spartans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know that. Okay, 2-1. 2-1, Peter Head, last minute winner. It was not a draw like I fumbled in my intro just there. So, Christy, put the phone away. Correction has already been made. Unlucky, San. (laughs) We will get to that in a wee bit, though. Um, First up, let's talk Scotland, Aaron. Scotland. What can you say about Scotland? It feels, I don't know, these last run of games have taken the hype train sort of down just a little degree or two maybe do you think that's reasonable or do you think it's just the classic scottish panic thing setting in a wee bit i think i think when you don't win five games the last five games we've drawn two and lost three um it's always going to bring the hype train down in some sort of capacity especially when you've got an extremely negative bunch of people in scotland when it comes to scottish football yeah which is understandable given the the pedigree that we've played to in the last x amount of years yeah to be honest for, for myself personally i've not really been that like worried about it i've not really been keeping too staunch an eye on it no watch the games obviously watched um the highlights of france and blah blah game but you know you weren't as glued to it as like the the cypress 3-0 away 
um, and, and the other games that were prior no to that, way. we were absolutely glued to them because they meant a lot. So people that are having negative takes, we've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, these games, in the grand scheme of things, didn't mean an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So come on, get off your negative high horse and get right in the positive boat. Baby. Yeah, yeah, we do need a bit of it back. Um, ever since we played that um, sort of, you know, needless friendly against England, it was like 125 years uh, of history. It was it was to do with the first international game honouring the anniversary of that. Since we've been beaten three one by England, two nil lost to Spain in Seville, four one lost to France. 2-all against Georgia and 3-all against Norway. So we've not won, basically, since that 3-0 against Cyprus, yeah. which is a wee bit um, back in, in the past. And maybe just because we've been winning so much, it feels a bit... Um, you, you have a bit of trepidation after those sorts of results. Like, oh, God, we're, we're suddenly struggling to actually win games. Mm. But I, are we? I That's th- the thing. Because we've already the, qualified. The thing is, as well, like, we've already qualified in the game away to Georgia in the past we've never even scored a goal there in the past and this time we're playing them in a game that means absolutely fuck all there's no real pride there needing to be won like we don't need to win against Georgia we don't need to do anything and we're still able to come back and we we, we did dominate that game yeah. and we still were able to show a bit of class and getting a point in the end like a big team would in that sort of occasion yeah um are we the elite of the elite no but we're in we're a pot three pot two team um, and, and we showed a bit of class getting a, getting a last minute goal against Georgia and one thing I will say over those games is like we we are quite hamstrung with injuries and it was very apparent um, Greg Taylor I've seen getting a lot of stick yeah. and Xander Clark obviously. Xander Clark I don't have to don't bring up Zander yeah. Clark. Cannot be our <laughs> Jacob guy. Brown too. But Greg Taylor like three of the goals all three goals against Norway came down his side. Yeah. Against um, Norway reserves, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> against Norway reserves. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a bit disappointing, but we were a bit hamstrung. A, f- a fully fit Scotland side going into the Euros. All this shit will blow over. Yeah. And everyone will be well and truly up for it. I just don't think there needs to be that much negativity put onto it. The team after all this sort of stuff. But I guess, you know, if, we, if I'm going to maybe respond to some of the takes I've seen out there, my opinions on it. Uh, so the first one that I would actually agree with and it's been hotly debated. I, I do think Shankland probably is the best striker. When you look at the three, will probably be taken away. Um, the thing is, do you play him in a system which has been built around a target man, a Lyndon Dykes-esque uh, sort of guy, uh, or maybe having uh, having the sort of midfielders contributing as the main goal scorers? Do you want to put a striker up there who's more of a forward, an advanced forward sort of, um, guy who's gonna who's gonna try and beat the line, and it does mean we'll have to play a different style of play. I don't think Shankland will get the starts, but I do think he probably is the best striker in the squad. Mm. Um, what would you say? I that? don't know. I find that quite hard to agree with in terms of trying to be the best in the squad. Um, maybe he's the most natural goal scorer in the okay, squad. Yeah. Um, in terms of what he brings to Scotland, like as you just said there. I think the way that Scotland play is so suited to a Lyndon Dyke striker. He can bring in the the midfielders and link them up a lot more. And he's got a goal in him as well, as he's proven of late. (sighs) The problem with Lyndon is he goes through such hot and cold patches and he has been, for the most part, pretty dog shit recently over over this whole season, basically. He's been very poor domestically. He's only scored once in this campaign. And yeah, I know his game's not really goals, but he's still a striker. Um, maybe Lawrence Shankland isn't the best striker. Um, Shea Adams probably is the best all-round mm. striker. I, I thought you were forgetting a wee bit of Shea there. But, like, but he's the most well. informed. Well, <laughs> fucking hell. I saw Nisbet against Moldova. <laughs> oh, don't. Mate, he, he, uh, he tried to get slipped through. I think Christy or McGinn tried to slip him through. Totally beat the line. But he just did that thing where he ran in front of the through pass and it cannoned off the back of his heel oh. and just went out, out of play I instead. It's frustrating. I was like, fuck me, that is that was ugly. Um, I think one thing that we can take away from the weekend's games is that Jacob Brown is not going to be no on chance. the plane. No he, chance. And one thing that we can guarantee as well is Shanklin will be getting that last minute goal. And I, I agree with what you're saying like in terms of Shank being maybe the best like natural goal scorer there. And I think the game against Georgia just proving his worth mm. and what he can mm. do like grabbing a last minute goal you're able to bring him on he's an attacking threat which is great but you know going into the first game of the Euros if we were had Hungary let's say in the first game and you've seen Lauren Shanklin starting up top he'd be a bit like Ooh. yeah no good point I, I mean going into it I would be very surprised if Steve Clark deviates from that 
that, that setup and that sort of starting eleven that he's trusted now for so long. It'd be mad. It'd if be he mad did. to yeah. change it. I think you do have to go with Dykes up top still, probably in the first game. Yeah, and then see how the tournament progresses from there. Probably. Right. Uh, my second response to the takes I've seen out there um, would be the Xander Clark one. Xander Clark's getting so much stick and quite rightly so to be honest he mm. was very very poor in the showings that he had um in his sort of chance to to grab that now in flux goalkeeper spot for scotland um the worst thing Xander clark has ever done is move to hearts without a doubt yeah he was playing every week uh, at st johnston 2020 2021 Xander clark was probably good enough to play at that level maybe on form it would have been very interesting to see anyway what that player could have done yeah. because he's just not the same keeper and it's very evident. The guy made a fucking fool of himself over two games. I'm yeah. sorry, but he did. Aye. And I'm really not Xander Clark's biggest fan in the world. Anyway. And anyway, yeah, but going into those two games, I'm just glad that the whole of Scotland's been able Can to now see, see that, that for yeah. full, full effect. But, you know, maybe sometimes when players do make that jump from like your, your St. Jay's to your heart sort of like teams, it's sometimes can just strike someone's confidence a lot more you can be like the big man at a smaller club yeah and then well smaller club i don't want to be offending any saint jay fans i know he's haters so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you know you make that jump to, to a hearts or a hibs or an aberdeen or whoever it may yeah. be and it's just you're not so much the big man there anymore and then as a goalkeeper it's very easy to lose confidence one little mistake then you're in your head yeah. instantly and on a bigger stage like the scotland stage i think he just buckled under the pressure sadly for him did you see the video or i didn't actually see it live happening but i saw the video of him like diving at his far post when the ball, <laughs> when the ball comes across the six yard area it's just so funny like what the hell is he up to like bambi on ice <laughs> can't see in ghosts like, what the fuck is going on there and i've seen people defending that like oh he was like covering the near post at uh, the far post or whatever like just in case the guy tapped like it's just it, either way it looked really dumb and it kind of summed up xander clark's he does whole, look whole... really stupid like yeah if, you know when you look at footballers like oh, he could be like semi-intelligent but Sander he's like, definitely so thick holy yeah, shit yeah. thick as two short planks <laughs> uh, two short walls <laughs> yeah so Xander Clark will be having a very bad week this week probably um and unlucky deserve every lick of it i'm afraid mr clark but uh yeah so um i think really um apart from that you know maybe the defense is something that can be talked about but i guess over these past few games steve clark is just experimenting seeing what the rest of his squad has to offer um and and who he can trust on the big stage when it comes to it because last time like so many people have mentioned you know i saw this like swiss twitter football twitter account today it's talking about like scotland last time they got to the euros they embarrassed themselves mm. they're still not experienced enough at this level they're an all right squad but they'll, they'll fall flat on their face again um what do you think what do you think will stop that from happening this time is is there a way to to sort of reassure people that this yeah this will be different this time i think you make a really good point there like being able to see who you can trust going into these games and the great thing is like we've been able to play Georgia away and Norway at home two games historically that would have been absolutely colossal for mm -hmm, us mm -hmm. and they've meant nothing and we've been able to put out Jacob Browns we've been able to start yeah. Armstrongs we've been able to start Greg Taylors and see how we get on yeah. and as you say it creates more of an understanding of Steve Clark as players who he can trust on the big stage like when we played the Czechs in the first game you know we had to start Cooper, for example. And, and you were still unsure truly what he can offer. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, and he, yeah. Hadn't, he hadn't played in a, a big game coming up to that necessarily of, of the of the same magnitude. Yeah. Whereas Steve Clark's been able to trial and error these people and see who's up to the task. I think also us having a games against Spain, England and France is also giving us a bit of reality check. Mm -hmm, and it gives mm -hmm, us a bit mm -hmm. of an understanding of, right, these guys are the big boys this is how we've played against them. You've got an understanding of how we need to go into these games when we're playing maybe the likes of Switzerland, Czech Republic, whoever we Denmark, get drawn against. Whoever it is. And it just makes us a bit tougher um, when we do go to play these teams. I mean, they make a good point. It's like, you can, unfortunately, you couldn't see Scotland, especially after these last couple of games, you could see them potentially losing a, an opening game against a, 
a Sweden or someone oh, of that man. ilk, and yeah. then or an Albania even, and then it going a bit sour. But then at the same time, you could easily see Scotland putting away uh, an Albania. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's, if if this is tough because it's, small, it's small so games. hard. Nobody's there by mistake. Every team has earned their place. When you see an Albania come up, or if like Montenegro have a chance to qualify as well, I believe if you were to see them, you'd be like, oh, surely this is three points. But it's just not the case. Every team is there on merit at the end of the day. Um, so I think it is really important that Steve Clark's figured out exactly who we can trust um, over this sort of, of uh, run of games. Hopefully, um, um, we'll see who we get drawn against, obviously, first. But hopefully the group is one that we can all look at and go, yes, we, we really we really have a chance here. Um, or just before we move on, actually, would looking at a group and going, yes, we can really make it out of there. Is that the worst thing that can happen as a Scotland fan? We're going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> Mind that. that pattern so much. <laughs> We're going to win the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. I know. If I you... don't know why that bugs me so oh. much. It's just like everybody makes that pattern. It's just like, yeah, just settle down a bit. Right. Have a chill pill. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think there's groups where we'd fancy ourselves 100%. Oh, of course. Um, there's but groups... fancying yourself is almost the worst it's, thing. It's almost a bad thing. Yeah, to think, but yeah. then you would rather that than getting like italy i don't know italy portugal and england or something like that obviously oh, but what, then if you got like albania i don't know Czech albania republic and, and whoever a hungry pot one i think they're two. two i think, I think they are as well hungary are absolutely brilliant mm. annoyingly they are actually so fucking good you saw what they were like at the world cup and even though they went out they were they just looked ah, so decent I'm they've afraid like, of Hungary. They've like mastered what Scotland are trying to do. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. They're like the yeah. masters of being like the underdog team and being stuffing hard to beat. Maximising their good players. Yeah. Uh, who's that guy up front? Sazalaki or some shit. Like Mental that. if you get Just the re- Ahi at the end. <laughs> the, the really, the really big Aye. target man, slow, quite old guy. Oh man, get him looked up. Aye. I can't remember what Puskas. his name is, but I absolutely <laughs> loved uh, loved seeing a bit of him at the at the Qatar World Cup. Um, but yes, so obviously uh, we'll be coming, <laughs> we'll come in down the road uh, to wherever it might be. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of tour heads there as well. Oh, wow. That's what I'm calling the tour followers for now. <laughs> the, the tour heads, yeah, yeah. Tourists, like the dead heads. Oh, tourists, yeah, yeah. Ah. No, that's right. Bloody chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great stuff, lads. So moving, uh, moving on. We're going to win it. <laughs> uh, there were three managerial appointments um, over the past week alone, which is absolutely nuts. Um, Clyde parted ways uh, with Brian something. Whose last name escapes me? Brian McLean. Who yeah. I thought was doing just fine as Clyde Boss. Like, yeah, okay, he's a caretaker. He was doing all right, I thought. Um, in comes Ian McCall. That'll be an exciting one. Uh, Derek Adams in at Ross County from Morecambe. And Andy Graham getting his first gig as a manager, becomes player manager of Aloha. Uh, let's start on Ian McCall, shall we then? Dum, dum, Aaron, dum. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> he's fucking back and he's better than ever or worse than ever. Oh, God. Yeah. That game at the weekend, obviously he's had no time to implement anything, but... That is an absolute reality it's check a for the terrible job. start. Jesus, getting, <laughs> honestly, I was thinking about putting Clyde on my ACA at the weekend. Um, Seventeen to ten, new manager bounce, and I seen they went one 0 down in five minutes. And I was like, whoa, mate, don't double charge me for they that. They seemed like they turned a corner a bit with uh, Brian Brian McLean, but I just think you know, okay, you, you think about this thing and. The only the only comparison I can make, obviously, is an Aberdeen related one. So Barry Robson comes in as caretaker, makes a change, and then six months later, he's he's public enemy number one in Aberdeen, and it's like, why did we not get a real manager? And so I can appreciate Clyde's thinking process, like, okay, maybe this is just a sort of false dawn, and let's get someone in who can really, uh, who can really like who has past credentials and can really maybe save us from this this relegation battle. But if those early signs are anything to go by, uh, then it's it's really not good. Sorry, uh, Brian McLean was the manager, and it was Chris Miller who was the guy who had taken oh, over. Right. So in the Chris Miller's short term as Clyde manager, he had won their first league game, and he had also knocked Musselburgh at the Scottish Cup. Aye. So, and then in comes Ian McCall, loses 4-0 on his first game. But I think, you know, the first game, it's hard to fully judge off that. 
Um, albeit you'd hope the players would have been well more up for it than that. I know, but, yeah. But I mean, like Ian McCall, yeah, he maybe faded away at the end of his tenure when he was at Partick and rightfully probably got the chop at that point. But, you know, the guy who was managing Partick, the guy got air into the, the championship playoffs. He's shown credibility that he can win League One championships. I'm, I'm sure he's won it a few times with different clubs, maybe even air and Partick, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm and, just have a look at and, that. And actually. I think... Um, Bringing a guy in of that that caliber and that name into the pits of League Two, you would hope that he would be a, a good enough head to. He's obviously got credentials. He's obviously done it. But if you're if you playing in that Clyde team, and then here comes fucking old dusty arse Ian McCall, and he's ranting at you in the changing room, and I don't know, it just it, it depends what sort a of guy. Bit uninspiring. Like. You don't know what he's actually yeah. like, but the impression he gives off. Is is certainly that sort of doer yeah. based Scottish manager. Um, he's 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 done it before. He's he's had success, but I just don't think it's the most inspirational appointment they could have made. Mm. Basically, sometimes yeah. you just need something that's totally different from what you've already experienced in the past. Then I think they maybe tried that with McLean potentially. I suppose, yeah. And they yeah. tried to give someone else a gig, and then like, right, this guy's proven only a couple of years ago that he's able to get an Air United side into the playoffs and the championship. Yeah. This is a guy that we're, you know, going to put our money behind yeah. and try and get us. All they need to do is finish ninth in the league. I guess time will tell on it, but from my perspective, I actually think it's not a very uh, good sign. Uh, You're not rating manager appointment. No, not really. I just think that he's, I mean, oh, it's the only word that's in my head, so I'm just going to say it. The, the old dinosaur thing. <laughs> Like, I just think that he might be of the, the dinosaur class of Scottish managers. And, you know, just because he's had success a decade or two decades ago, it doesn't mean he's necessarily still got it now. How long's the guy been out of a job for? That's not that long. When was it? What, what it was, was like his last? 18 months ago. 18 months ago, right. And Partick. So it's, yeah, so he was the Partick boss. He was actually the Partick boss um, at the end of last season. Aye. Then so, Chrissy Doolan came in and got them the playoffs. That's right, yeah, yeah. So he was tanking at what was a, a, obviously a fairly decent part side. I don't mm. know, it's just it just reeks of just like... Just any like you, Michael. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I, it's nothing personal, Ian, I swear. I actually, when I, I first saw it, I was like, I was like, holy shit, Ian McCall, how have Clyde done that? <laughs> I was like, that's that's surely going to be a great appointment, but then I know it's the first game, but after seeing them get beat 4-0 in the opening day, I just had a bit of a, an epiphany, I think, and I was mm. like, I, don't, I actually don't know, and ever since I've been thinking about it, and I suddenly think that this might be the thing that ends up sinking Clyde this season. Mm. What happens if he doesn't win next week and he doesn't win the week after and then they're getting beat 2-3, 4-0, week in, week out? Do you just sack him? No, you're strapped into the Ian McCall experience all season long now and it doesn't matter how poorly the next two months go. You're, well, you're done. You've, you've basically hedged your whole hopes of staying up on Ian McCall uh, when your interim manager, Chris Miller, was doing a fine job like maybe just ride the Miller train for a bit longer, see how that pans out. Okay, if he starts to if he starts to bomb a little bit, then you maybe look at getting an Ian mm. McCall or something in someone that might be able to save the season. But I just think to do it at this point in time is very strange. Like mm. I know they were probably already had him uh, had Ian McCall on their books, but it just feels like they've kind of zapped a bit of momentum out yeah. of Clyde basically yeah. with that appointment, and evidently. They lost four 0 the weekend, and well, it'll be a good teller. I should say how, how he'll get in his next games. Um, Gene Field in the cup, massive game for Clyde. Oh man! And then Can you imagine, and then away to Elgin. <laughs> so yes. he's got his fucking yes. hands. Come on, Elgin! Oh, come on, the Clyde. <laughs> Fuck the Highland League, Jamesy Matt. That's it. I <laughs> yeah. I'm officially an anti-Ian McCall. I love podcast. it. Yeah. I'll go pro Ian McCall. Yeah, yeah. Be our first ever duel. We're gonna have to. Yeah. Gonna <laughs> the gloves have, are off. We have to find some way. We're not up each other's arse all the time. <laughs> the mics are off. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So Ian McCall dealt with there, I think. Uh, next one, Derek Adams. Much bigger fan of this one, personally, which might actually surprise a few people because a lot of people are like, fucking hell, third time. How many times do you want to come and manage Ross County? You yeah. know? Uh, he's talked a big talk, certainly, going into the appointment, mentioning top six and European football. Has he? Yeah. Oof, ooh la la. That's his ambitions as Ross County boss. Well, I mean, uh, Luna looked at his previous tenure at Ross County. I mean, he's he left with good memories. Yeah, he's done really well. With totally, him. He's got yeah. Him into the Premiership, yep. 
got them into the championship before that. Yeah. Um, very good win rate. Got their longest win streak I've seen. 40 really? Game there you streak. go. 40, 40 games. 40 uh, They went on an absolute run in the championship and then won, like, well, not 40 wins. So, did I say win streak? 40, 40 games undefeated. Beaten. Yeah, no, Sorry, no, no. 40 wins. Sorry, Christy. 40 wins. Ross County's famous Invincibles of <laughs> 2009. Yeah. Uh, but, I wow. Mean, I'm, I'm quite, I mean, going for that appointment, I'm not against it at all. Um, I think it's a, a guy that maybe the Staggies lads will be welcoming. Totally, mate. You know what I mean? He's it's... he's uh, maybe not. Well, he, he probably is a club legend, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he got him into the Premier. I was going to say like... he's probably not a legend, but it, when you think of his achievements, he probably is a oh. legend. Um, he's he's a very likable character. I think. Um, I don't know. He's just got a sort of uh, an awkwardness, an awkward kind of charisma yeah. about him. Uh, he's so fiery, which you don't expect. Um, there's a video of him clashing heavily on the touchline in a Highland derby with with uh, old Mister Butcher, old Terry Butcher, when he was boss of, of Inverness. Yeah. Uh, you know he's he, he played for Ross County, uh, scored scored some important goals for them, has won very important titles with them. Um, I just I think that they've gotten this one right in terms of Ross County have looked like they might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Maybe this season they've got a we've we've talked about it before their squad's really good um simon murray yan danda etc uh jordan white all, all players that can definitely play at this level Derek adams coming is gonna give them a new lease of life i think yeah uh, he's gonna just take the, the the shackles off i think malky was weighing them down a bit to be honest that. you know i think malky McKay just couldn't get a tune out of the lads at all mm-hmm. towards the end totally um which is a bit of a shame because i do rate a bit of malky McKay, but i think his time was up um, yeah, it was just ticking away when you sort of lose the dressing room, and then it becomes evident to the fans, and then it becomes evident to even me and you on the couch right now. If we can see that, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. I mean the the board are yeah. gonna have to make the right decision. That's it. As you say, I think they have there in, in the end. God bless Malky. Yeah, I mean the the uh, the tell for me was the fact that Ross County fans, you could see them on Twitter, really really starting to turn on him. Yeah, uh, they had been fairly in his corner throughout. Uh, his tenure and then over the past couple of months over the past month and a half really they really started to voice their their disdain at having him in the club obviously he had that the controversial uh emails that were leaked and stuff it's quite funny it's like ross county fans like or, or ross county board like yeah okay sexism and racist emails being leaked fine but uh oh no like don't don't go on a on a two month losing streak or two months <laughs> two months without a win that's that's a bit too far i'm sorry malky uh, but the thing that had kept him around for so long, I saw, was maybe what he had actually done for the club in terms of financially and off the pitch. He had actually done a lot for right. the business and stuff. Right. Okay. Um, maybe the, that wasn't being replicated on the pitch, certainly towards the end anyway. But he had done a lot of stuff uh, behind the scenes mm. in terms of restructuring and reorganizing. And that's why the board were such big fans of him for the whole time. And it's why it's taken them so long to part ways yeah. because even though we've, we've given him a lot of praise on here and don't get me wrong, his like, you know, he's, he's kind of paid the price. He's faced the, the court of public opinion for what went wrong. And, and Ross County gave him an opportunity to, to sort of reignite his career. And he definitely did that for the first uh, nine months maybe I, or I so I mean people forget that he finished top six in his it's first season so. totally mate exactly uh, he, he really did do a great job and, and he uh, made Ross County a formidable opponent in the top flight but I just there, there must just be it just seemed like his presence um, was starting to, to really grate on the fans and weigh them down and then all these other things come up about his past and and bringing bringing all that up as if you haven't employed the man for Two 24 years. months now Aye. you know it's a bit hypocritical uh, i think that uh, that that sort of way of looking at things um but either way malky Mackay leaves god knows where he's going to spring up next okay uh, any any takers any bets <laughs> clyde morecambe <laughs> bill the derrick a little, a little trick clyde ah, yeah. <laughs> sorry didn't even recognize him. all i had in my head was, i'm gonna say morecambe goes to clyde that would be fucking nuts joins the tour <laughs> get him on the couch then <laughs> me you calvisal derrick uh, malky mckay 
Yeah, so there we go. Freaking blood rotation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, Malky Mackay definitely <laughs> pro-Israel. Uh, yeah, Gio. You know, it's under the couch. The G's under the couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can have a search right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's in the anti-monopoly box. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Aaron, just before we move on to Andy Graham, um, Derek Adams, do you think uh, his talk about European football... Do you think stuff like that's helpful or not in a situation? No need, no need for him to be talking about European football right now. There's absolutely <laughs> the no need in that. To, to absolutely no need. People aren't thinking about that, so don't bring it up. Yeah. It's stupid. And one thing I will say about the appointment is, it, it, yeah, it's all hunky-dory and it's great that he's, he's came back and things, but how come he wasn't a success after going from... Ross County two down south. Yeah. Like I think he done. I think he got more come at the playoffs potentially. Um, had an RX stint at Plymouth. Yes, potentially. You're spot on. You're spot on. Um, but like you think when you go to these clubs, then the next steps to go to League One. A, then the next bigger, steps go to the Championship. Yeah, yeah. It does seem. It's a bit odd that he just went yeah. right back, but it happens. Ross but... County are a bigger club than Morecambe. Definitely. Say that. Yeah. Nah, you're on a count. That's a safe thing to say. I think that. So why is he going there then? Yeah, true. Mo- uh, money probably. probably pays more, Aye. but you're playing in the Scottish uh, top flight at the end of the day. Yeah, um, There's probably an allure that comes with that, the potential for European football, playing Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, um, Motherwell maybe as well, creeping into the back of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to an English folk like, playing Motherwell. Motherwell, for fuck's sake. But like mother, okay, Motherwell, Motherwell are a bigger club than half than all of the League Two clubs and half a League One, easily. And the rest. And the rest, exactly. Motherwell would finish top top half of the championship. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> they might do. They you could. Never know. Nah, if they had a good season, like. Uh, so well, bloody Rotherham can do it. Of course, of exactly. course, Motherwell can do it. Uh, next up, uh, the final managerial appointment we'll get to is Mr. Andy Graham, who takes the reins at his first ever club so good luck to you uh, Mr Graham becomes player manager of Aloha Athletic um, Aloha Athletic obviously Brian Rice left them to go and um, assist in the top flight with help the me Livy out lads. the Livy lads and David Martindale what a sexy duo that's that the is like. that's the beefiest gamminiest <laughs> duo the that Scottish is the, gamin that duo that is the like. gamin duo Martindale and Rice oh, you know? I actually love it like that is such epic. a hilarious little <laughs> that is a crazy duo uh we'll have to we'll have to put some kind of feature in talking about them could you imagine that phone call hey martindale is just phoning them and he oh just sees it he's like but he's rubbing his hands in the air. <laughs> davey's calling me there are people even in scotland who have not been able to understand a word <laughs> that those two would have been saying to each other over the phone like that would have sounded like hebrew to some chance <laughs> for sure hebrew. <laughs> but brian rice uh did leave aloha in a very tasty little position in league one they currently sit fourth uh in the league i believe um I need to just double check on that maybe but i think that uh, andy graham certainly has got a, a a very um promising sort of uh, appointment for himself here and he's got potential to to really make a name for himself make some noise uh, in league one i mean aloha managers have always been used as sort of pathways yeah. to the rest of of the scottish game so who knows? He's a total unknown quantity, this one. Um, well, I mean, it's his first gig, as you mentioned, so there's question marks over you know his experience going into it, but I was having a look. It was Paul Hartley's first gig, Jim Goodwin's yep, first gig, yep, Jack yep. Ross's first gig, yes. and they've all gone to do mediocre things yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> exactly so they've all they've all gone on to, to be known in the game you know they've all gone on to manage bigger clubs and stuff yeah um uh, were left in fifth and have dropped to sixth ever since so right. close enough big loss at the weekend uh, for them yeah exactly so andy graham i mean i think ian mccall very known quantity Derek adams like returning so who knows and andy graham i mean what analysis can you really give on this guy apart from where he's played yeah just uh, seems like a bit of a leader yeah. and a, a loved character at Aloha. It's just whether he can actually transform his skills into being a good manager. Yeah, um, evidently a leader in the dressing room, uh, 40 years old, so he must have a bit of knowledge on the game. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they actually come right off the bat if they're going to do the whole thing. Well, they've obviously, well, in, at the weekend, they're actually in the Scottish Cup, uh, played Dunbar, 
away. Whoa. Yeah. So you've got um, the Dunbar boys who had the upset of the round potentially uh, yeah. before uh, now facing Aloha and with a real chance they'll have a big, big crowd uh, down for the Seasiders watching that game, welcoming the Wasps to town. Uh, it's actually a challenge for Andy Graham that in, in his first game. Potential banana skin I mean, and all the rest. The of thing it. is, as you say, it is a challenge. Like when that sound, you've got the comfort. The fans lose that, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh, completely." No. He's got a very, he's got a very cushy uh, sort of opening schedule, apart from maybe one, one game. So he's got Dunbar in the cup, must win. He's got Annan at home, must win. You go to well, you have you have Hamilton coming to to Aloha, coming to the Rex, which is obviously a very difficult game that's like his first test and then you've got Cove away so you should really be winning realistically three out of those four games to mm. be honest mm. like Dunbar Annan and, and uh, Cove mm. Aloha should win all of those games no questions asked I don't know Cove are just flying at the moment Cove though. have picked up a uh, bit of form third Cove have won like five on the spin or something yeah, like that yeah Cove really have picked up form um, they sit third right now yeah but these leagues man they're so temperamental Sterling Albion perfect example of that five losses on the spin right now and we recognize them as having one of the better attacking squads uh, (laughs) in the in the league at the start of the season um they've shipped 24 goals and they've scored 10 which is by far the lowest in the league Mm, (sighs) fucking so that the attacking dynamo the dale bros the dale bros van has been gone off a fucking cliff and is like being sailed down the fourth, <laughs> spat out into the North Sea, and scrammed up by a whale because ten goals. Paul Hartley, the whale. <laughs> yeah, ten goals all season long. That is shocking. We were going to start a meme, weren't we? Like whenever the Dale Bros. Whenever scored. the Dale Bros. had like scored or assisted each other or something like that, we'd have like this whole meme thing planned. In fact, if you go back and look at the tour's uh, Twitter, there's a... Uh, Type in Dale Bros. Go on the media. Not the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> go back on the media if you want a, a real honking tour take because we've got uh, the Dale Bros, as in Dale Carrick and Dale Hilson's <laughs> heads on a lorry and in, going down Sterling High Street and then it says, Championship this way. <laughs> 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 the cunts have combined for 10 goals in 14 games that is and they probably haven't even dreadful. contributed three of they've, them or yeah they've barely touched the ball all season <laughs> that is shocking that is so crap ah, that's what it's all about it's yeah, good the, fun the nearest uh, the nearest competitors to them uh, are well there's three teams who are close to them who've all scored 17 goals each so yeah um, Sterling shocking Andy Graham who knows basically is the takeaway from that little part who fucking knows (laughs) I think Um, although he's got a squishy wee schedule to start I would say if Cove stop being amazing for just one weekend (laughs) okay Uh, right let's let's start getting uh, through the rest of our news three more quick items to get to and that'll be it for this uh, whistle stop tour episode Uh, first one Straths Bay 4 Clacknacudden 4 uh so gutting for the Strath Bay boys who were 3 0 up at halftime. Nuts. Nuts. And balled it. Totally were, it balled wasn't it. just like they were 3 0 up with like three shots as well. They were absolutely bobbing them. Bobbing them on the stats, pounding yeah. them. Like, I was quite blown away, mm. to be honest. Funny enough, I actually spoke to the Clack chairman during that week. The Clack chairman? Uh, like, right, speaking yeah, of yeah. all the Highland League chairmen. Like, <laughs> yeah basically on the board these days ah, yeah. and he was just so like nonchalantly confident about not the game specifically I didn't ask him about that um, just in general about staying up and just like how you guys are getting I was like oh, we'll be fine absolutely sound I was like right, fair enough they've brought in a new guy now this is his first game yeah. Strathbury seemed to be the team that everyone's just absolutely bending over and yeah. slapping about the gaff and they were getting slapped about wow. 3-0 at half yeah, time yeah yeah exactly it's just a shame they though, blew it? it they absolutely blew it but it's you know when you've spent all season getting slapped about the gaff and then suddenly you're 3-0 up at half time it's like you've never you've not been in this position all season long and then when Clack get one goal back it's like oh shit here we go two goals back okay we're definitely fucked and then the, the game ends up in a draw it's actually quite good that Stras Bay probably didn't lose the game uh, overall in a way like cr- credit to them for that like, do you know what I mean like 
totally discredit them for blowing that lead but then the psychological element is like they've never they've not been in this position all season long so then when that those doubts start to creep back in must be borderline impossible to stop yourself especially at that level you know this isn't these aren't guys who have sports psychologists speaking to them every week they're only they're only bloody human uh, and then when you start conceding a few goals the worst thoughts will creep in obviously uh, and they evidently did uh, because they ended up drawing the game obviously from a, a very commanding position uh, one thing though i mean i don't know why the clack chairman's so nonchalant because they've not even won a game no they've drawn five yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll be fine. Nothing <laughs> on his cigar <laughs> as they sit with five draws and nine <laughs> losses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've actually got a worse goal difference in Strasbourg. Really? Like the yeah. Wow. And Strasbourg, ever since they they had this whole thing where the chairman was saying to you that they couldn't buy a win, you couldn't fathom a victory. Um, they've won two games suddenly, mm. um, total in all competitions. Uh, since then, two out of the last five they've won. Um, very disappointing for them to to not get over the line at the weekend and get themselves off the foot of the table. Uh, Britain's most pointless club, as Sam North dubbed them. Yeah. Uh, so that that race will continue on. But to be honest, mate, when you look at the the bottom of the Highland League, they're all they're all could be in amongst uh, it. There, Strasbay, Clack, Locos, and Keith, all on less than ten points. One win would take Strasbay. Uh, level on points with Inveruri. Uh one win for Clack would take them level on points with Keith and then you know then you start looking up it's 10 11 11 it's very congested down at the bottom of the championship uh, of the of the Highland League basically um so it's definitely not over for Strasbourg in a season where um they're maybe lucky that there's so much dog shit around them because historically four points at this nearly halfway through the season <laughs> uh would be very bad news indeed uh, but yeah, hopefully for your best buds, the Strasbourg chairman, they can continue to get some semblance of form going. Great stuff. So next up, we are going to mention the Cowden Beef sexy Blue, Bra- uh, Blue Brazil range that they brought out. Um, some beautiful retro kits. Maybe beautiful. Some free advertising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe send a couple this way. Yeah, <laughs> send a couple to us. We'll rep him on the uh, the pod. I actually added them in a tweet hoping they would retweet us. Mm. I gave it a like. Aww. Come on, lads. Take the like, Phil. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the like all day long. Um, maybe I'm going a bit far. They're not that sexy. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just I looked at the track top and I think it's like, ah, it's smart. It's smart, but like, I just think it's it's so cool to see these clubs with, uh, you know, that are lower down and clubs you maybe don't expect to be releasing some bespoke kind of retro range. But it could be, it could be more money. But I think it's a great PR move. Aye, I think it's quite clever. Um, other teams will be looking at it jealously, like the Albion Rovers boy. Exactly. Replied, he was like, "I wish we were doing that." <laughs> totally. <laughs> you, 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 you would. Sense. Yeah, he did. Just, yeah, he did. Just one, uh, one guy. Sad one face emoji. Like. <laughs> Everything like Albion. Six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Everything Albion Rovers was like. I wish we were doing that. <laughs> and it's true because, you know, he would snap one up for sure. Oh. A lot of the clubs down there actually have really quite iconic kits. It's good business as well. It's great business. Like, they're going to make a profit. They will make money off of that. How oh. many do you print? Probably. 150? Yeah. Max 200? Like, maximum 200? And then if they all sell out, fucking hell, print 200 more. Uh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they probably won't sell out, but like, it's it's. I think it's a great PR move because obviously retro kits are such like a an in thing. Um, they've been in for ages, but they're just such a collector's item. You you look at uh, people get like the mystery boxes, but they get non-league mystery boxes. Mm. You know why why would I get so thrilled at receiving like a a, fo- a filed town or like Telford AFC yeah, kit in the yeah. post Harrogate Town like yeah. oh my fucking god yeah, yeah. like people get so uh, so horny over shit like that oh, to be yeah. honest they actually do plus it's just before Christmas as well so they're fucking oh, I... they've absolutely nailed it <laughs> I've decided right now to be honest they've absolutely nailed it and I think that the other clubs would be silly not to, to start following suit Albion Rovers they've got the Tunnocks Tea Cakes kits which uh-huh. are are very well known Obviously, you could do so many things with with that. Um, like Cowden Beef today released a, a jacket range. Um, you could you could delve into into the accessories if oh. you wanted. Just get the whole retro range going. Lowland and Highland League clubs, League Two clubs, because all you can buy is like this season's kit 
and it's only if you go to the club shop or order it from the club shop. Yeah. So is anything that's not the current season considered retro? Anything that's pre-2000 or pre-2008. So there's something mm, released now that maybe. isn't retro, but it will be one day. It's It'll be in like 20 years. Ah, Basically, yeah. retro is like anything that's 20 years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah, I yeah. would say. Um, if you had like the 2014 Australia kit or something I'd be like no, that's, not, that's not retro not enough retro, Bo- yeah, give it another five years yeah. <laughs> borderline retro yeah. depends well, how it looks yeah, yeah it does depend how it looks to be fair, 10 years old next year probably <sighs> <laughs> I think how that long, how long before like uh, clo- clo- clothes from like the 2010s are retro like that, the, 2030 2030 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What yeah. Would that be though 2010 doesn't feel too retro to me. What would that, what would the clothes be though? Like, it feels like... 2010 clobber? Yeah. God, what, like, maybe a zip-up t-shirt? <laughs> or like... Yeah, one maybe of, you uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A police zip-up t-shirt? <laughs> or, or maybe a Henley's double-collared, stripey... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's those uh, super dry jackets with, like, five... Oh, oh God, the thumbs. They were, were going to be coming back. Yeah, yeah. The shoelaces. Well, we hope you kept yours in your cupboard, bro. Aye, somewhere it probably still fits me. Uh, yeah. Fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect fit. Aye, probably will fit me actually really well. That's class. Um, just before we move on, do we have any other iconic lower league retro kits? Um, kits that I can think of jumping at the back, didn't um Queen's Park, Park, obviously. Queen's, Queen's Park. 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 Iron Brew. The one. Iron Brew one, which oh. I actually found out recently. It was it was Iron Brew, but the the pattern was actually their entire history of wins, draws, and losses. So the green on the kit was wins, the yellow draws, and the red losses, obviously. Right. And when you look at it, it's just like little dots, right? And like all the little dots are like their history of of in chronological order as well, right? Of wins and losses throughout their their whole uh, the whole club's history. Which almost, is quite mental. I, I was I was zooming in, and it was like. There was only like a few spots where there was more than like two green dots beside <laughs> each other. It can't even like, that. The longest one was literally like four Fucking that I could hell. see on the kit. Like the, I don't know if uh, if that's true. Maybe some if the Queens uh, Queens Park historian is listening <laughs> to us, club historian, um, is the longest winning streak you've ever had four games? Let us know. <laughs> Please let us know that. Because <laughs> Please, I'll, I'll, I'll lose sleep over that. One. Like, um, <laughs> uh, and last thing um, we'll get to on this on this slightly more brief podcast. We're sitting at a good forty-five minutes right now. Uh, Stenhouse Muir went top of League Two at the weekend. Love to see it. Um, that was my nap of the week. Boom. Pa-ching! Little bing. <laughs> Got the sound drop ready yet, Dom? <laughs> uh, which means, Aaron, you lost for the first time. Oh, God. Thank God for that. So that means we've got to do uh, forfeit each. I already have mine. Um, if you're aware, then well done. You know your tour history. I'm not going to bother going through it again because we've talked about it a million times. Uh, um, too, too long. I think you need to start actually doing some of these. Yeah, well, forfeits. maybe Beric. Yeah. Oh no, not Beric. Oh no. Came around to Mr. Big Dob and Top and Beric. Like. Has to be on an away day. Uh, the away day tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. The away day Sterling tour. Sterling I'll be an away day in. tour. Um so yeah, I will have to decide a good forfeit for you. Maybe if I think of it before the end of this pod we can we can so discuss Beric, it then. So yeah. Beric will be well, technically, mm. I suppose, yeah. Come on, Don. Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a, a tour exclusive as well. The next leg of our trip will take us to uh, Shieldfield Park, uh, home of Berwick Rangers, the Wee Rangers, um, as we'll be going to see what they're up to in the Lowland League. Um, got a fair following to the old Berwick boys. Be a very intriguing tour. Uh, and then we also want to do another one before the end of the year, one that goes a bit further north because obviously being based in Edinburgh, there's so many fucking clubs in the central belt and even in the Midlands and even in the, the sort of southern uh, part of the country. But we rarely venture up north because obviously there's less teams and it's just so bloody expensive and time consuming. But we do appreciate the northern contingent and we'll definitely make an effort to get up there and see a club before the end of the year too. So I don't know who it would be. Aye. Suggestions welcome, basically. Aye, fire them more away, like. Um, if they've got Airbnb, then 
even better. Aye. Basically. Or if we can stay at your house. If we can stay at your house, open your doors to the tour. <laughs> <laughs> if you fancy. Um, okay, yeah. So quickly then, we'll just talk about Steny. Steny title charge. It's been on the cards for a while, but now they get top spot in League Two. Can they maintain it, Aaron? Yeah, I think the game against Peterhead, I think it was last midweek, was a bit of a statement game. Yeah. Beating them comfortably 2-0 at home, your title rivals, albeit they're on the same points right now, just was a bit of a marker down for the Steny lads. And I think that they will continue to keep steamrolling teams now. Um, after winning 3-0, I think it was away to Stranraer the weekend, another just convincing win against an yeah, okay that, side. That's why it was. It was because they beat Stranraer 3-0 and the goal difference took them above took, Peterhead, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Stenis Muir sit in a good position now to, to keep on winning and everyone was back in the start of the year and now that's coming to the fort only lost just one game um, which compared to the other clubs have all lost like two or three maybe yeah, four yeah. around them it's looking good I think that Stenhouse Muir um, finally it seems to be clicking because for so many years now they've been like the best one of the best teams in in league two but struggle so much to get out of the of the division and we're looking back through their history stenosmere have never won a league title ever they're about 120 130 years old and they've never won a league title and they've spent the majority of their their sort of history in league two and league one and leagues like that regional leagues etc they've never won a league for a club that's so famous i find that mental basically mm, must be so hard that to, to have that yeah, lingering yeah. over you but when that eventually does if they win it this season it'll be absolute bedlam in larbert oh larbert will be bouncing like. <laughs> they'll, they'll have a fucking parade down the high street like, honestly that'd be genius I used to work at Stenny just very briefly um and Christ, could not imagine a parade down the Larbert streets. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a sad little place. Small. Uh, but they've got a... Um, cool. uh, what's that fast food Canadian McDonald's-esque thing? Five Guys? Nah. Don, you might know. Uh, Mexican fast food? Nah, nah. It's like a Canadian fast food... It's got a few different um, oh, places. but Wendy's? <laughs> Wendy's. Like, not even a Wendy's like, in Britain. Uh, like coffee. Ah, it's got coffee in it as well, but it's not. It's got like Tim Horton. Tim Horton. Yeah, yeah. Is that wow. Canadian? Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. fuck. That's incredible. I don't know what I was about to search in there. Like. <laughs> it's like basically Canadian like fast food. Tim Horton's basically the Canadian Greggs. Oh, wow. there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Extremely good. Rated it. Not as bright as Greggs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, I kind of zoned out. There is one at Northern. Uh, no, there's one at I, next to Stenrod Weasley. Stenhouse Muir, yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, when you, when you look at Tim Horton's I think it's inevitable that Stenhouse Muir will probably win League Two. This <laughs> uh, it's obviously started by like some hockey, some like really famous hockey player. Wayne Gretzky. No, Tim Horton. Oh, fair enough. Like, <laughs> 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 that'll be what. That'll be why. <laughs> saying a hockey player, I know. But yeah, um, <laughs> Tim right. Horton. Back back on uh, back on planet Earth. Yeah, so sorry, lads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The only the only problem. I think with Stenhouse Muir's title charge is obviously going to be Peterhead most likely. Yeah. Um, Dumbarton are also looking really good and Spartans kind of slowly fading away. Peterhead's victory over them at the weekend kind of separated that top three a wee bit. Uh, but the only problem I think is Peterhead are just uh, very, very good going forward. They've mm. got two of the top scorers in the league uh, with big Kieran Shanks and... Um, Connor O'Keefe as well they got from East Fife both ripping up League 2 um, Stenhouse Muir going top for now obviously it's by only one goal but it's just fun to talk about in terms of this club that has been so bereft of anything to hoist as a as an actual achievement uh, so they, they actually won the Midlands League in 1895 that's the only thing they've ever won apart from obviously the the famous challenge cup victory in 1994 when they beat dundee united um tell for if you're listening i got your back Aye. on that one even though you're on the hit list the tour hit list uh we're coming for you terrace you get a bit full, that hit list. yeah yeah exactly we have to release the hit list in full maybe very shortly uh maybe on the next episode actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that would take up an hour and a half easily <laughs> You might not like some of the names on it. Rory West. <laughs> Donald Turville. <laughs> uh, 
lovely. Anything to add on Stennis Muir's title charge or on Tim Hortons, Aaron? Um, <laughs> didn't get me started on Tim Hortons. Good scran, but I think League Two will be the most exciting title race throughout all oh, four. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Albeit Wraith and Dundee United is looking quite cushy, and you got the Aki's Falkirk, but I think you know Dundee United and Falkirk are just going to start taking off. Do not rule Dumbarton out like Steny, Peterhead, Dumbarton. It's going to be those three battling away week yeah. in, week out. And uh, I'm all here for it. I'm well excited for oh, it. Oh, yeah, me too. Well and truly. League 2 never, ever disappoints. Sometimes, it I wouldn't say it disappoints, but sometimes it can just be so inconsistent that you struggle to think, are any of these teams actually good? Or does it just depend who gets on a hot streak at the mm. right time? Um, there's been a few League 2 seasons like that where... You just can never know who's ever going to beat anybody. Yeah. But this season, you can pretty much bank on those top three beating most teams. The, it's it's a very, very well... Um, like, every team's in the right place in that league this season, basically. Uh, so disappointed in Forfer. So disappointed in Forfer. Terrible. Uh, but yes, Stenny uh, will be rooting for you. Might be the team of the tour, actually. Um, Matty Aitken. Potentially, yeah, Matty Aitken absolute fucking legend uh, you know what i say uh that's basically it i think aaron do you want to to do your nap first or shall i do mine oh, you do yours first, yeah Mikey, yeah if you've got a, a nap if brewed. i have something brewing along um i might you know what Mikey? I'll, I'll just lock something in that we spoke about and i've been doing this quite often just going off the bat of something i was speaking about yeah yeah I'm going to back our man Ian McCall, Clyde, oh! to beat Gene Field Swift. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a good one. I fucking won the Ian McCall. Like, I'm, I, I'm trying to support the guy. So, yeah. I would genuinely put Dunbar on again if we could put, if oh, we could mate, double up. You can double up on Dunbar for me. like Dunbar, Aloha, and Dunbar cause another upset. If you're going Scottish Cup, I feel like I kind of have to go mm. Scottish Cup. I'm just saying if you go Dunbar, then the tour heads or tourists yeah. <laughs> will be coming for you. Um, okay. Karen Crow will not be happy with that. <laughs> You've got a massive, massive game in League 2 at the weekend, which is Peterhead Dumbarton. Um, oh, God. Okay. Peterhead Dumbarton's the week after, I think. I think. Oh no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Before you go and lock yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so close to locking that in. <laughs> Fuck it. Dunbar Aloha, baby. Give it to me. <laughs> Let's go, Dunbar. I'm doubling up. I break the rules. We make our own rules here. So tour heads, come at me if you like. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Okay, um, I actually you do. You definitely just copied the con heads from Succession, haven't you? Oh, it was actually the dead heads from no, Grateful, dead heads Grateful heads. Dead. Yeah, yeah. A bit more cultural, yeah. I think you'll find. The con heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. No, no, fair play. I mean, the, the greatest artists don't borrow, they steal. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I'll leave you with that one. I like that. Bit of a thinker. Um, lads, do we have any closing thoughts for our tour heads just before we wrap up tonight's episode? Well, just like to show my appreciation to you guys again. Yeah. Love you all. Thanks Thank you. so much for supporting us. Um, things are happening at Tour HQ, shall we say. Uh, we, we are sort of growing week in, week out, and, and long may it continue, and that wouldn't happen without everybody who listens, shares, subscribes, blah, 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 to all the various things we do. Um, one thing we'll be doing very shortly uh, we're going to be figuring out is uh, we're going to be transferring all of our uh, output to one platform called Substack um, that way we can sort of monetize things don't worry though it will still all be free um, for regular listeners um, if you're really handsome and sexy and cool though you can subscribe for £2 a month or something like that uh, you can maybe get a bit of additional content and also just support the tour as a general enterprise uh, and we'll read you out on the podcast we'll I don't know come around your house and we'll be mates give you a blowjob or whatever <laughs> or <laughs> what, whatever it is you want basically <laughs> whatever it is anything. we'll be totally in your pocket absolute whores for <laughs> that's, all, that's the only reason we yeah. that way that way you know one day the tour might become a full time thing and me and Aaron can dedicate our lives to serving our tour heads so any 
Uh, and you get a newsletter. We'll be doing a newsletter, a weekly, uh, weekly newsletter coming out uh, in the coming weeks. So, yes. So, uh, yeah. Pretty much all that we've got to announce, I think. Elon Musk, his, uh, his spaceship explodes, but this one's headed to the fucking moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a much better way to close that podcast, uh, unless, Aaron, you want to attempt to. Patreon, question mark? Go for it. Patreon, have a little look at that. We'll be posting that in the, maybe even tonight, couple yeah. of days. Just help us out, little help in hand, get a few different utensils that we need. That's it. Such as a tripod. Some technical equipment. Um, we business are... cards. Oh, yeah, we'll be doing business cards, so yeah, look out for that. Mm. On Instagram, we are Tour of the Terraces. Twitter, slash X, we are Tour of T Terraces. And TikTok, we are the Tour Podcast. So, as they say, all aboard the Tour. Mm-hmm.